Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So let's talk paper scissors. you're about to hear is the second episode recorded live at RGD's Design Thinkers Toronto 2023 conference. I sat down with Eleni Beveratu, creative director of typeface design studio Dalton Meg, after she gave her keynote address entitled Typography in Digital Environments and Future Technologies. In this episode, you'll learn how Eleni went from hating type in school to realizing its utmost importance leading her to find her niche and complete a master's degree in typeface design. Eleni walks us through how experienced readers read and how this informs typeface choice, as well as assessing accessible type through the helpful metrics of legibility, readability, and likability. Eleni explains why choosing simpler characters over more complex shapes is not always better for accessibility, as well as how using type in digital environments must be carefully considered, particularly the differences in light mode versus dark mode. Finally, you'll learn the basics that Eleni wishes she knew early in her career. This episode was recorded live at Design Thinkers Toronto 2023 as part of a guest lecture series in GCM 230 Typography in fall 2023 at the Creative School at Toronto Metropolitan University. Okay, let's listen in. Wonderful. I'm so excited to get started. Um, I I think we'll just jump right into questions. I'm really, really uh, flattered and honored that you have are taking this time to sit down and chat with, <laughs> with, the, with the class. So my very first question is simply, can you just share a little bit more about Dalton Mag, where you work yes. and kind of what you do there and just a little bit yes. more about you to give everyone yes. some context. So I'll tell you a little bit about me first okay. and then about Dalton Mag. So I'm Eleni, I'm creative director at Dalton Mag and well, Dalton Mag is a, it's a typeface design studio. We just do type, nothing, nothing else. Um, and I thought in the beginning it would be boring because it's just, it, it sounds only type, but actually it's phenomenal how many things there are, there is in the world of type. Um, when I was a communication design student in Peking, Greece, where I'm from, um, I hated type. I generally hated. Really? And I'm not saying this as, as in like, oh, I hate it, but I love it. No, no. I generally, I, was, I hated it. I was bad. It was such an afterthought. It was just, oh, I need to put text. Caught. So I was just putting something there. And then I became a graphic designer in, in, in a design agency, in a branding agency, and I realized that I'll never be a good graphic designer if I don't understand type. Mm. So naively, I got into a type design course. And then somehow I found my niche. And the points of that are, were two. The first one is, I wish someone would have told me some basic things when I was a designer, because it's, it's really important to understand type, because as, as designers, we use type all the time. Mm. Um, and therefore, not everyone needs to be a type designer to understand type. It shouldn't. I think sometimes it's taught as if it's 
the hardest thing in the planet and, and it, sure it's not easy you can't become a tech designer in half an hour but you can't become any designer in half an hour anyway um but the other thing that taught, it taught me is that sometimes you hate something not because you're not good at it but because you haven't embraced it the way it could be. So those were the things. And then, so I did my master's in type design and I ended up loving it. And I joined Dalton Mag, uh, which I worked for the last 12 years. Amazing. And I joined as a junior and became a creative director bit by bit. Um, and so what we do is that we do typeface, we, do, we make typefaces. So we have typefaces um, in our own library that anyone can license. Then we can modify those. Good afternoon, everyone. The presentation <laughs> will begin momentarily. Amazing. Please make your way inside the auditorium. It's not for you. <laughs> the presentation will begin momentarily. So please make your way inside the auditorium. Thank you. This is to prove we're actually at an event. <laughs> yes, like it's, it's true. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so we we can modify those typefaces for some clients if they want something slightly different, and then for some other clients we do custom typefaces. So we start from scratch, mm -hmm. and then the end result belongs to the client. We transfer the intellectual property. So those are like the, the different steps of what we do. Yeah. So what does an average day look like for you as a creative, a creative director, director at yeah. Dalton Meg? Um, my average day is a lot of things in one uh it's 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 always like that because as a creative director my time is split in two things so one is outreach and out facing like i'm here now for example that's part of my job to to be in conferences to talk to you know meet people so that's one side and the other side is projects uh whether it's for a client or one of our laboratory faces and there i work with the designers and we work together. I mean, they draw it. I unfortunately don't have time to draw anymore, uh, which sometimes I miss. Interestingly, I feel the role of the creative director, while most creative directors don't have their hands on anymore, it, at least the way we have it in our company, it's it, to me, it still ticks my creative boxes. Mm. So I don't necessarily miss the actual drawing because I feel I'm very involved with the design. Like today, I. I woke up at 6.30 to review a design for um, for work. We are we are presenting on Monday. This is lovely. And then after today, I need to, um, I'm going to New York next week. So I need to make sure that my schedule for New York is all set. So it's a bit of everything. And it's, it's you have to constantly think what's next, what's next, what's next. So long story short that's my average day never a dull moment it sounds like every it's day not, is it's not and um sometimes people ask me because you know we always say oh one day i'll be a creative director or you know creative directors uh, they have this and they have that and you know i sometimes also i remember when i joined companies like but what do they really do you know like why yeah. why are they so important and i'm not saying i'm important in any way my point to this was it's a it's a it's a job, in my opinion, that you don't do for the money mm. because your lifestyle changes so much. Mm. Like I'm going to be away from my own house for two weeks, basically. And my projects in London are still running. As I said, I woke up at 630. So it sounds very glamorous because, you know, back in the studio, they're like, oh, today you did this talk and then you went for dinner. And it's like, yes, but I also woke up at five to make sure your project doesn't get delayed. So it's it's um it's a job I love 
but I want to say it's not a job that is, um, it sounds more glam than it is. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not an easy job. No job is easy, I yeah. think. No, but, but, yeah. I, but I think people think you kind of move up and you oversee yeah. that, but I feel like you oversee the process, but then you still have all the things. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, she spent time, I don't know, buying addresses. Like, yeah, but I'm speaking, like I need, yeah. you know, I need to do that. It's not a, I, I wish I could roll in my pajamas, really. <laughs> <laughs> next yeah, time, next time. <laughs> so I wanted to, to pick your brain about accessibility mm -hmm. in particular. Yeah. So my question is this. You've said that clients will sometimes ask which is more accessible, mm -hmm. serif or sans serif type, mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily the best question to ask. So mm -hmm. my question for you then is what traits does accessible type need to possess to be really effective? It's a very good question. I like it. Um, I'll give a quick answer to the sans and serif dilemma because I feel a lot of people don't know where it starts and where it ends. And um, Accessibility is three things. It's legibility, um, which is how fast we recognize a C to an O, an A to an E. So really like how quickly your brain reads the letter. Mm -hmm. Then there's legibility, which is less about the typeface, but more about the typesetting. So the weights that you're using. Wait, the readability or legibility? Readability. Re readability. Legibility is the shapes. Got it. Readability is how you read it, which it. is more about the typesetting that designers not a type designer would do, a graphic designer would do, right? So yes. the color contrast, the weight, the sizes, the, yeah, name it. The, the Yeah, I think we named pretty much all of them. I'm missing one, but it doesn't matter. Um, so it's more on the typesetting itself. And the last one, which is my favorite, is likability. Mm. Because likability, you can't really measure it the same way you measure the other two. But what we like is what, in the end, performs, uh, in our opinion, is more accessible. Mm. So to give you an example, Sans Serif is a great example of this likability dilemma. Because Serif typefaces, if you think of books, if you think of newspapers, they're great. We read endless books and newspapers and we never questioned those. Um, the problem is that uh, when the first digital environments came in place, there were not enough pixels to illustrate Serif typefaces. So people started using Sans out of necessity. And now we have screens of very high resolution, which technically you could have serif typefaces that would perform really well in terms of legibility and readability. But because we've had now years and years of digital environments in SANS, we gra gravitate towards there. Um, so that's the SANS and serif dilemma. In terms of pointers, however, like what, what do you need? Um, and my pointers are for Latin typefaces, so for English, because different writing systems have different needs. Um, but you are looking at uh, making sure that your characters are different. So very often we think that the simpler the letter, the easier it is to read mm -hmm. it. But for example, if you have a double single story A and a single story G, so like the circle with the bar, those are actually harder to read, although their shape is simpler, mm -hmm. they're harder because they look very similar. The top half looks very similar. So your brain needs more time to understand, to, to, to compare the two. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you have the double story A and the double story G, your brain knows that much faster. So that would be one pointer. Then the narrow characters, it's important that they have a bit more presence, like a T, an F, an L. You want them, you know, an, an L with a little tail is always good uh, for accessibility. Then uh, you want to make sure that numbers and letters are not confused, like zeros and ones and no, zeros and O's and ones and L's and mm -hmm. I's. Um, so those, I'd say those would be like the top 
top points. Mm -hmm. uh, there are more, and of course, there, there, there are ways to also, it's not that all the elves need to have a tail because there are other ways that you can achieve this, but like as a general rule, that would be good. Yeah, it makes sense. So you can, your brain quickly differentiates yeah. one from the next from yes. the next. Yes, yes. Now, maybe a little bit more about that in terms of you, you have a, a bit of a passion, as I understand it, yeah. for understanding how people read, yes. like the readability yes. portion of it. So then can you just tell us a bit more about how how people read or, or what yes. we need to keep in mind when yes. it comes to typography? Yes. So we don't read letter by letter. We right. learned we learned like that at school, right? If we all remember our early days of, of, <laughs> of reading, it was like uh, painful, right? Um, but as we become proficient readers, we do little jumps. Mm. So we do our eyes do little jumps of five to six characters, and then they fixate there and they start taking a few pictures on the right and a few pictures on the left to form mm. the word. And then once this is formed, then you make your next little jump and carry on reading. So the quicker you make this little jump for the reader with using a good typeface and accessible typeface, the easier it will be for them to, you know, to read. But that's a principle of how we read. We don't read letter by letter. We read by doing little, little jumps. And I just thought of something and I have no idea if yeah. there's any sort of research out there yeah. on this or what it looks like. But if we know that we read you doing those little jumps, yeah. Do we read better or faster if there's emphasis, like a, a heavier weight within that jumping off point? Or like, is um, there... I mean, there is, uh, it's, how is it called? They asked me today about that. Uh, there's, yeah, um... it's, I've, I've actually shown it to my students at the, the yes, bionic reading. Bionic reading. Bionic reading. So um, I don't know. I haven't read any results. I know that when I read it, I read faster. Yeah, me too. Um, but that's maybe like ability. Yeah. Maybe if we were tested, maybe it would have. One thing we need to think about reading that depicting shapes is one thing, adding meaning is another. Mm. So my also question is, do we always need to aim for faster reading? Like how fast is faster? Of course you want faster than struggling, but maybe you don't want faster than what we already have because then you lose meaning of words mm -hmm. and and you, your brain doesn't keep the the actually what you read right it, it reads faster the words but is it a race i don't know um yeah, yeah. actually after the talk today someone sent me a message but i don't have asked if they have more research i don't know about it um saying that um apparently it is uh, helpful for um people with some specific reading needs Mm -hmm. So maybe not for uh, a user that doesn't have any accessibility requirement with, with reading, but maybe for some people actually does help. So mm -hmm. I don't know is the answer. I'm just putting some questions of, yeah. do we want always faster? Like, is that the end goal? Right. And what happens if you go too fast? I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answers. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I feel like there, I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fast reader. I'm a, yeah. I love reading, but yeah. I'm, I'm not a fast I'm reader. I'm the same. I'm a very slow reader. Yes. But I, I know that for some like MBA prep programs yeah. and these types of things, there's all these tricks and tips for how yeah. to read faster. But yeah, I, I, what comes to question for me is like the, the retention piece that you yeah. said, am I actually remember it, yeah. remembering what I'm reading? Is it is it sticking? Is there meaning? Yes. All of those bits and pieces. So yeah, other. And maybe there is research I, I'm not aware of, but it would be nice to see whether that actually has an impact or not yeah um, yeah but i feel you read faster but maybe that's a misconception as yeah. well yeah. yeah it's interesting it's yeah uh, who knows yes. who knows yeah who knows yeah. maybe the research will show will show something later yes um 
I was going to ask you as well, in an article mm -hmm. leading up to Design Thinkers, I have my question here, so I'll just pick up my yes. phone and read it. So leading up to this conference, you mentioned a trend mm -hmm. in having typefaces that can seamlessly adapt to light and dark modes mm -hmm. in digital environments. And so I read a, a bit about that, but how have you seen this problem approached and why is it so important that it be addressed? And I think this was part of your talk as well. Is that yes. right? Yes, okay, yes, so yes, tell yes. us more, <laughs> tell us more. Um, I think in terms of how it's approached, I'm surprised how many people don't even consider it. They don't, they, they haven't even thought that it could be a problem. Mm. Um, so I think this is one thing we really need to consider. If we draw for a new media, how is that changing our reading pattern? How is going from light mode to dark mode? Is that, is that affecting? And very often we do things, but we don't think them all the way through, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, light mode and dark mode. I prefer dark mode in some apps and I prefer light mode in some apps. And I think that's good to give the choice to the user, mm. but only thinking that it's just a color thing and that the typeface doesn't get affected to that, that's a problem. So what happens is when you have black typeface on a white background, it will look lighter than the same weight if it's white on a black background. Really? That's Yes, because when you have white on black, you get a little glaring effect. Mm, it's like I a little see. halo effect around it. So you need to compensate for that. Right. So that means that you need, when you're putting white typeface on dark black backgrounds, you actually need to go slightly lighter in weight, okay. but also a little bit spaced the same way as the other one. So that it, it's a bit lighter, but it's also a little bit more spaced out. And then actually it ends up looking the same. So if I'm understanding correctly, our eyes almost fill in the, exactly. the rest of the exactly. shape. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to compensate for that. And we have a typeface on our website. It's called dark mode and it does exact. So go, if you are interested, like go and read more about that yeah. because yeah, it's, it's really cool. So once you do it right, actually it's it's great but i'm i'm sometimes surprised how those things are introduced massively yeah to users without thinking the whole process yeah yeah i don't know if that answered did that answer no that answered the question, question. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, nice, absolutely. Nice. um it's interesting too though because i come from the world of print and yeah. it's the opposite so yes. if right if we're yes. printing uh reverse text yes. or essentially leaving yeah. paper where there's yeah. white uh yeah. white and then printing because black. it's gonna bleed in exactly we've yes. got game, but we've with got... screen exactly. it it's the inverse. You, you get a glaring uh effect yeah really i hadn't thought of that yeah that's super interesting yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, can you tell us a bit more about the typeface that helps, is there a dark mode? Is that what it's called? Dark mode, yeah, dark yeah, mode. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it is it's, so basically for each weight, so for the light, the regular, the medium, the bold, there are two versions. There's dark mode off and dark mode on. And, you know, you can have that. And then, I don't know, if you do a website, you can program it in such a way so that if your user changes the background, then it picks up the other typeface. And if, it, you know, yeah. it's, some, it's, very, it's a very easy implementation. Um, and that's how, and, and the way we've decided to sell it, because we consider this a, um, not a nice to have, but like a, a, a should have, it, you, if you buy, let's say the medium weight, you'll get the light mode and the dark mode together. Cool. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like you, you don't get the separate because one needs to work with the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, they're twins. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they need to be, they need to be, they need to be toge yeah, exactly. together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's yes. cool. Yeah. And so I'm curious to know, just out of, out of, um, yeah, sheer curiosity, yeah. what apps do you prefer in light mode versus dark mode? Like what types of, like yeah. why, why yeah. one and the other? Because truthfully, I only, like, I really don't 
dabble in dark mode. I yeah. just haven't set my preferences yeah. that way. Yeah. But I'm curious to know. Yeah. Yeah. Google Maps, light mode for sure. Yeah. Uh, my Google Maps refuses, although I, there's a setting that, so by default, Google Maps, when you uh, drive in light mode or like when you walk and it's uh, light outside, it will be white, yes. uh, like light mode. And when it gets dark, it goes to dark mode. And when you drive and you go through a tunnel, it instantly changes. And mm. for, to me, this this is, it kind of completely throws me off, first yeah. of all, because it's a sudden change. Um, but also, I generally don't like the dark mode for the map. I want to see the, the light mode. So I've gone and made sure that it's the default and it keeps on revert anyway. That's my pain points <laughs> here. So definitely Google Maps in light mode. Um, emails, dark mode, like Why? things. I'm curious. I think, I don't know, because of the long form reading text potentially. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel it's a bit more than this glaring white screen. The news, yeah. I have them in dark mode. Um, I, I'd say definitely Google Maps. I almost feel that light mode, the way I use it, and so I had never thought which one I use which, but now that I, I think light mode when there is a lot of information to process mm. and dark mode when I actually want to focus just on the, mm. on what I'm reading. I think maybe that's a way to summarize how I like it. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I need to dive more into it because I yeah. just like haven't ever changed the yes. settings. Yes. But I know one of my colleagues, he like almost exclusively uses dark mode. Yeah. And I always like, I'll see his phone yeah, sitting yeah, there. I'm yeah, like, yeah. what is, yeah. wh why? But I have to try. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, I, I like it in some cases, but not every time because also sometimes with emails, what I said is sometimes there's an embedded picture and, and you get suddenly dark and then I've, box it like yeah sometimes it's not very elegant yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> now what maybe thinking big picture yeah what are you most excited about in the world of type whether within dalton yeah. mag and what's coming up yeah. and what you're yeah what, what you're general. exporting or, or yeah. more generally any what excites you what gets you uh when we get to draw typefaces that are not in the latin writing system only so when we get to do greek and civilic and arabic and thai because i get very often the question like do we need more typefaces in the world and it's like if we think of latin we can argue about it um but if we think of greek and cyrillic and chinese there are very few typefaces out there so i think i get usually usually this question i get it only from people that use Latin as a writing system. So English uses Latin as a writing system. Um, so that excites me the most because I think we create inclusive design, like world inclusive design. So, yeah. 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 And, and I was chatting with uh, Peter Bilak yeah. and Kevin King yesterday yeah. in the same yeah. setup. Yeah. And it was neat to hear all of the work that they're doing. Oh, they're amazing. In, that, yeah, yeah, in yeah. that realm of just yes. expanding the options and availability yes. for typefaces yes. in different writing systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Incredible. I agree. Yeah. Incredible. Okay, I have one final question for you. Okay. If you were shipped off to a desert island. Yeah. Yeah. And you could only bring with you, I don't know, a laptop with a single typeface. Yeah. This this Just analogy one. is not making oh. any sense anymore. But get, stick with me. If you had yeah. to choose only one typeface for the rest of your life to oh. use, what would you choose and why? I don't know. I can't, it's very hard to choose one, you know, because once you know this knowledge about where one should be used and you're like, I can't just have one because it's going to fail here and there, but I G know. Give me two or three. No, but to your, okay. <laughs> oh, um, okay. I really like Garamond. Uh, I really like classic. I, I find it very, very classy. So I would take Garamond. 
I would take dark mode and I would take, hmm, trying to think, one that is maybe a bit more funky because if I'm in a desert island, maybe I want to have, I don't know. <laughs> fun with type. Fun with type. So a funny one. I can't think of one now, but like something less serious. Okay. Because not everything needs to be serious in life. So yeah, I would take one of each. There I you love go. It. Yeah. One sounds, one serif, one funky. Love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking thank the you, time thank you. to chat with us and everyone who is over there. Sorry, I was. Uh, I mean, I, no, I was thinking, this is. I did hi. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. didn't so we it. have. Let's see. Do we have a question? Do we have time for like a couple of questions? What's the time? The time is one fifty-five. Until two, we have time. We yeah. have. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. This is my awkward setup. So it's interesting how your attitude toward type shift. So it's not really a question or a comment. Type shifted. Mastering type is no easy task. Mm. But like you said, oops, let me go back here, but like you said, it's a fundamental part of graphic design because it improves communication and visual expression. Yeah, so I guess that's yeah, not really a question, but. No, but I, and, and that's why we consider very important to do those talks and to speak to yeah. people because I became a type designer because I was very bad at it. And in a way, I'm, I'm happy I did because I love it, but I don't think everyone should. And and I wish someone would have told me some of the basics when I was a designer um, or studying design, because I feel it was either very playful, which I love. I always love the playful bit or serious, but to almost the way my mom had my mom has done interior design and they were drawing letters by hand. It's like nobody does that anymore. You know, like it was it was always a bit extreme, which is great to do that, too. I think I am very much enjoyed it, but at the end of the day, it didn't give me the skills mm -hmm. that I needed as a graphic designer to have good type knowledge. Um, so what are a few of those fundamentals that you wish you'd had early on? Um, I think I understand how to have fun with type, first of all, like how it looks, because it is a visual thing yeah. to start. Um, then the accessibility bits that we discussed, then some of the functionality like variable fonts and dark mode and like, what are, what are the limitations of type? Mm -hmm. And then a little bit think of, okay, you're drawing for a brand, but what if this brand is not only in English and it's not only English and French, but it has other writing systems. So like Greek and Cyrillic and Arabic, because I feel very often a lot of brands focus on just that and not the rest. Mm -hmm. So I feel if I would have those understandings then I would know how to choose a typeface also more easily yeah. and not just go, oh, I like this one. It's like, yeah, you like it, but it doesn't come in other you know, writing systems, or you like it, but it doesn't work for small sizes or large sizes. So things like that, right. um, those would be like the pointers I would have liked someone to, you know, tell me about it. That's a great list. Yeah. That's a really good list. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense, especially in our far more global and expansive and mm. inclusive world. Yeah. We want to be able to, th yeah. to think about those. Not only do I like it and is this typeface, does yeah. it work, but yeah. does it work at this scale yeah. and does it work exactly. in these different ways? Because if you know that, then you can also ask your question, the, the, your client, the right questions. Yes. We are currently working with a client and the design agency that we work. So they have an end client and we work with a design agency and they were so sweet. I love them. And they came to me and I was like, we messed it up. It's like we didn't do it on purpose, but it grew very quickly and very organically. And it's a it's a hotel chain, um, but they never told them that they're going to be in other countries that mm. use other writing systems. And now they have a problem because the font they used only had Latin. And it makes you look less credible as a designer mm. if you if your client realizes 
what you haven't thought, right? Yeah, and yeah. sometimes it can be this easy checklist. Have you checked this? Have you checked mm. that? Um, and then you know you've done the right. And, and you can ask your client, do you plan Do you plan to open in another country? Yeah. You never know. They might have from, they might come from a mixed background and, you know, wanting to open something somewhere else. So someone from their family or their close ones, whatever, right? Yeah. It, it, we shouldn't base the assumptions that, oh, this client will never be in Greece, for example. Yeah. I know it's rare, but it might happen. So but even in a local community, if yeah. they're if they're Very marketing to, yeah. uh, they, it's a it's a business that's in yeah. Toronto, but yeah. they have different communities yeah. that they're outreaching yeah. to. That yeah. can be an important that's a very part good point. of the yeah yeah, yeah absolutely well. yeah okay. perfect. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Sorry for the delay. No, no, not, not at all. But it all worked out. It's been uh, it's been great. 